Well, hello, Oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on on Elm Elm Street. Street. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. We skipped uploading last week in order to take some time off. Um, And I'm back, because the other weekend it was a terrible snowstorm, and I don't love dying, so... Yes, we did have a bad snowstorm. Um, So, yeah. While we were gone, though... There has been a lot of news in the true crime world. I don't know if you're familiar with this case, but the boy in the box has finally been identified. Really? Yeah. And um, they won't be releasing his identity until the beginning of this current week. Which, when people are hearing this, will be Mm. the week that they'll be identifying him. I'm guessing so they can notify his family. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so that happened in what, the 1950s? I don't remember. And they're just now finding out who the little boy was, so... That is crazy. Yeah, we'll have to keep everybody updated on that. And, um, we could also, I mean, maybe when they release his identity, we can look into it and do a podcast on it, too. There was also a Texas couple who was just reunited with their daughter 51 years after her abduction, which rarely ever happens. And it's crazy because this couple actually found out that their daughter was still alive from an at-home DNA test. What? Yep. So I believe the father took a, um, a 23andMe test, and he saw that his DNA matched grandchildren that he didn't even know he had. Their daughter went missing when she was only 22 months old. And her babysitter was the one who kidnapped her back in the 70s. So... Oh my god. Yeah, up until now, she has believed that her babysitter was her biological mother. And that her name was actually Melanie. Um, What is her real name? Melissa. So, yeah, she's just now finding out who she really is. And it's... It's crazy because, I mean, the whole situation is just bittersweet, you know. It's it's sad because the woman that she thought was her mother was incredibly abusive towards her. So she ended up running away from home when she was 15 and was homeless. So like, it's sad because she got her childhood stolen from her. Absolutely. And, like, the but devastation of the parents. Like, oh, yeah. That is... But they never gave up looking for her. I think it was, I don't remember the name of the podcast, but I think just a few years ago they were guests on a podcast Mm. where they talked about how they were still looking for her after 50 years. So I, I always wonder like, how did she go to school? Like, did she just have a fake birth certificate? I don't like, I have no idea, but I, I'd like to definitely know more information once they come out with it. Interesting. So, another thing that has just happened, happened right before Thanksgiving on November 13th, four college students in Idaho were stabbed to death in their sleep, and the suspect is still at large. Here is what the police know so far. They responded to a report of an unconscious person around 11.58 a.m. on Sunday the 13th, 
It was there that police found the four victims on the second and third floors of an off-campus home in Moscow, Idaho. The victims were 21-year-old Madison, 21-year-old Kaylee, 20-year-old Zanna, and 20-year-old Ethan. Um, the girls lived in the house, and Ethan was the boyfriend of Zanna, so he was sleeping over that night. There were two other girls that lived in the house and were there the night that it happened, and they slept on the first floor. And so they... They were completely unharmed, and they slept through the attacks. There was also a dog, but the dog was unharmed as well. So people are trying to figure out how did this happen without the two roommates waking up or the dog barking. There was no sign of forced entry. It's believed to be a targeted attack. So it's like... What? They have a timeline. They believe it took place between 3 and 4 a.m. Because one of the girls was calling her ex-boyfriend over and over again. And then her roommate called her ex-boyfriend for her. And um, that was just before 3 a.m. So they believe that after that they went to bed and they were attacked. I can't... <clears throat> thinking about like being the ex-boyfriend... Oh my god. And the, the girls downstairs, like, is that how they found out? They woke up and they were like, hey, good morning. Well, it's so weird that they, I mean, they're not believed to be suspects. Right. Let me just say that. But it's so strange that they call police and just say, oh, there's an unconscious person. When police showed up, they said it was the bloodiest scene that they had ever seen in their careers. But the girls call 911 and say, somebody is unconscious. One of our roommates is unconscious. Not one of our roommates is four. dead. <laughs> there are yeah, four dead. Right. Wow. What? So, obviously... Wait. When did this happen? November 13th. Oh my God. So, it's been, what, well over... It's been 20 days or so, and they still have no idea who did it. They don't believe that the two girls have anything to do with it, and they... I believe that they ruled out the ex-boyfriend as well. But that's all we know. Interesting. So That's so sad. Yeah, they, they were very young. So we will keep you updated on that as well. But that's all we know as of right now. Before we get into today's topic, I just want to say a big thank you to the support on the podcast so far. For more ways to support our podcast, please consider leaving a review and make sure you're following along. Please. Please and thank please. you. <laughs> I beg you. I beg you, please. <laughs> In today's episode, we're going to be covering the case of Kayla Brown. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, maybe. I didn't think I did last time, but I did, so... Well, we will see. We shall see. Yeah. Just a fair warning, this case gets very dark the more you dive into it. Last year, there was a video circulating around on TikTok of police rescuing a young woman from a shipping container. After seeing that, obviously, that sparked some interest for me. Yeah. Personally. Mm -hmm. So at the time that Kayla Brown went missing, she was just 30 years old. She was dating Charles David Carver who was 32 years old. The two of them had only been dating for a few months before they decided to move in together. They were said to have been incredibly happy together, but were having a difficult time making ends meet. So in order to make some extra money, Kayla began cleaning the house of a man 
named Todd Kolhep. Kayla had known Todd for about five years at this point, and they had met through her ex-boyfriend. On August 31st, 2016, both Kayla and her boyfriend Charles headed out to Todd's property to do some work in the hopes of making some quick cash. Todd owned roughly 95 acres in the rural area of Woodruff, South Carolina. I usually cannot pronounce that word, but I did quite a good job there. You really did. (laughs) When Kayla and Charles arrived to Todd's house, they were told to wait outside. It was at this time that Todd went inside of his house. When he returned, he had a gun in his hand and he shot Charles three times in the chest. Yeah, like, what the heck? What's wrong with you? Yeah. He then grabbed Kayla, handcuffed her, and forced her into a metal shipping container. Like, on his property? Yes. What the fuck? Todd told Kayla that he had buried Charles' body so that no one would be able to find him. Kayla was kept inside of this shipping container for over 20 hours each day, with chains around her neck and feet and with her hands bound. The only available items within her reach were true crime novels, which is, like, so sick and twisted. Could she even read? Like, was it light enough? I don't think so, because supposedly it was pitch black in there. I mean, shipping container. It's not like there's windows. Right. So, Charles's mother became worried after not hearing from him for some time, so she followed her instinct and reported him missing. One of Kayla's friends also became worried when she couldn't get a hold of her. This friend had even dropped by Kayla's house and left little notes on her car. Mm-hmm. The last time the couple had been seen was leaving their apartment complex together back on August 31st. The couple's dog was also found in the apartment without food or water. Oh my god. Kayla's mother knew that this was totally unlike them to purposely abandon their dog. So... Kayla was reported missing soon after. But this is where things get bizarre. A friend of Charles reported receiving strange messages on Facebook from Charles's account, and the messages were asking him for drug money. The friend thought this was out of the ordinary because he had never known Charles to be into that sort of thing. And the friend also noticed that Charles's page was regularly being updated with huge milestone posts, such as that him and Kayla had bought a house together, that they had gotten married, and that they were even expecting a baby. That's weird. It's very bizarre. After this, authorities filed to retain warrants for both Charles and Kayla's Facebook accounts and their phone records but they didn't receive the warrants until almost a month later. Which is crazy that it even takes that long. I feel like a month's worth of time is, like, critical Uh, when it comes to these cases, you know? That's way too long. You need, like, I don't know, there needs to be some serious change. I wonder why. I don't know. Like, I appreciate the privacy of it all, right? But then, like... But in a missing missing person's case, I feel like... get on it a little bit? Can't you expedite it? I mean, maybe they did, and that's... I I don't know. I don't know either. When investigators were finally able to access this information, they could see that both of their phones pinged for the last time in Woodruff on August 31st. Investigators also received an anonymous tip that Kayla was buried on a 100-acre property. 
An anonymous tip. Which, like, who knows that information? I don't know. That is weird. The only 100-acre property within a two-mile radius of the cell tower that their cell phones last pinged at was the property of real estate agent Todd Kolhep. So, they got right to work to locate both Charles and Kayla. They flew over Todd's 100-acre property looking specifically for Charles's white Pontiac, but the car was covered in brown spray paint and brush, <sighs> making it unidentifiable from the air. Wow. So, on November 3rd, remember she went missing August 31st, on November 3rd, Investigators made their way to Todd's property with a search warrant in hand, and there they received the biggest shock of their lives. Banging noises could be heard from the inside of the metal shipping container. They cut the locks, and inside was Kayla, who police described as being chained up like a dog. Finally, after two long, horrifying months, Kayla Brown was rescued. On the way to the hospital, Kayla detailed the months of torture she endured inside that shipping container. She also told authorities how Todd killed her boyfriend Charles and much, much more. Investigators found Charles's grave and recovered his body, using a tattoo on his back shoulder to help identify him. After her rescue, Kayla went on to give an interview with Dr. Phil, in which she stated that Todd's hope was that she would form Stockholm Syndrome and that the two of them would be happy together. Which, if you don't know what Stockholm Syndrome is, it's basically when a victim begins to have feelings of trust or even love. It's like they're taking the side of the abuser. Towards, yeah, towards their captor or... Yeah. I think it was named after, like, a hostage hostage situation That's in interesting. Stockholm. That'd be... I'd love to hear about that. So yeah, he was hoping basically that she would fall in love with him. <laughs> Wait, so the, what about the rest of the four hours? Cause she was like in the shipping container for 20 hours. Like I think this, I mean, this might not be true, but I heard that he would allow her to come out to help clean his house, <gasps> <laughs> which is, <laughs> Mind-boggling. What a bloody bastard. Oh, my God. <laughs> bloody bastard. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's true. I know that she was also being assaulted during this time. Mm-hmm. So that may have also been... Um, maybe he brought her inside his home. Maybe he let her shower. I don't know. That's what I'm like. Was she able... Yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure wow so kayla also said that todd told her he was going to build a house for the two of them complete with a soundproof area where kayla would be held indefinitely however following kayla's rescue investigators found a pre-dug hole next to where charles was and they believed that todd was only days if not hours away from killing her too so he's talking a big talk to her about how they're going to live together and they're going to be happy and blah, blah, blah. While he's digging a hole. And he's While like, he's planning I don't know, maybe she's like not falling in love with me. <laughs> maybe my plan is not working. What? Like, yeah. 
Investigators also found reviews on Amazon coming from Todd's account. Okay. His review for padlocks read, Solid locks. Have five of them on a shipping container. It won't stop them, but sure will slow them down till they're too old to care. Uh, isn't that horrifying? What? <laughs> wow. Mm. Another review was for a knife. He rated it four stars, saying, Haven't stabbed anyone yet, dot dot dot, yet. But I am keeping the dream alive. <laughs> and when I do, it will be with a quality tool like this. What the fuck? Are you also, serious? Uh, yes, 100% okay, serious. Amazon, maybe like... <laughs> Wave some red flags. Right. I don't know what. There's also a review for a shovel. <laughs> um, it says, keep in car for when you have to hide the bodies and you left the full-size shovel at home. <gasps> what? What in the flying fuck? He also made reviews for a stun gun, a tarp, a chainsaw, and more. Uh. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This guy's a nut job. Unfortunately, Kayla and Charles were not Todd's only victims. In fact, it turned out that Todd is a serial killer. In 1987, 15-year-old Todd Kolhep kidnapped a 14-year-old girl in Arizona. After assaulting her, he walked her home along the way, threatening her, saying that if she were to ever tell anyone, he would harm her family. F 15 years old. This is when he's 15 years old. Despite his threats, this girl courageously came forward and Todd pleaded guilty. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison and he moved to South Carolina once he was released in 2001. On November 6, 2003, so two years after he was released from prison, Todd shot and killed four people at Superbike Motorsports in Chesney, South Carolina, after trying to return a motorcycle and being turned away. What the fuck? It's terrifying that there are people like this. That have yet to be caught because... Right. It's yeah. like why I don't, like, honk at people on the road. Me like, too. I'm so <laughs> please scared. Don't shoot me. I know. You it's, can be that's a real up, I guess. That's a real fear, honestly. Wow. So the victims of that shooting were the store owner, Scott Ponder... Scott's mother, Beverly Guy, the store manager, Brian Lucas, and the mechanic, Chris Sherbert. Their bodies were found by a close friend. Investigators wrongly cast blame on Scott's wife, who was pregnant at the time of her husband's death. So, the store owner's wife. The case was considered unsolved until Kayla's rescue. Wow. Did he confess to it? Yes. Once he was arrested, he confessed to these additional murders in exchange for a meeting with his mother. But that's not it. He also confessed to murdering a young couple from Spartanburg. He told investigators that he picked them up on the corner of a road where they had been panhandling and offered them work. The couple, Johnny Joe Coxie and Megan Lee McGraw Coxie, had initially been reported missing on December 2nd, 2015. After his capture, Todd led investigators to the couple's bodies. Johnny had been shot in the torso and Megan in the head. 
Similar to Kayla, Megan had been held captive for about a week after Johnny's murder and was killed on or around Christmas Day. The couple shared a child together. On May 26, 2017, Todd narrowly escaped the death penalty by accepting a plea deal. He was sentenced to seven consecutive life sentences and claims there are more victims but refuses to say anything further. As for Kayla, a woman who is easily one of the strongest and most courageous to exist, she received a $6.3 million settlement from Todd's estate. Good. And although money cannot right this wrong in any way, Kayla says she'll recover from this nightmare and she'll never let Todd ruin her life. Another bad bitch. Applause for Kayla. Isn't that insane? Wow. She survived a serial killer. I cannot imagine how much trauma. Right. Like, he's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, people are terrifying. So, yeah, that's that's it. Excellent work, ma'am. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow along for more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank and remember you. to always keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky.